The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, we're talking about a topic that's important to all of us. We all want to be happy. Happy in our relationships, happy with our work, happy with ourselves. My guest today is a happiness expert. Melissa Garson is a certified life coach, author, and a speaker. Melissa has a master's degree in applied positive psychology. Melissa authored her book, The Recipe for Real Happiness, Four Simple Ingredients, Simple Everyday Practices. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to have you. I'm thrilled you're here. Thank you. So you have a fascinating journey. You're a happiness expert. Tell us a little more about yourself so our listeners get to know you. So many years ago, I was a teacher, and what I noticed was the children that were the most successful in school were the ones that were the happiest. And I wondered, can that be taught? And I myself wondered, can I get happier? Can I learn to, you know, overcome challenges and and feel good in, in life? And so I found this book called Learned Optimism by Marty Seligman. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of was the beginning of the whole journey for me. I went back to school, got a master's in special education to help the children. I was reading all these books I could on, on becoming more confident and happier. And that was really what I found was that you really can learn to be happier. So it can be taught the happiness. Absolutely. It's really a matter of, you know, having positive life practices and habits that foster that, that well-being. So they say you are what your habits are. So happiness is a matter of habits as well? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. So what are the, some of the reasons people work with you? So various reasons. I mean, people come to me because they're in transition in their lives. They just feel that something's not right. They know that there's more. Maybe they're stuck in a relationship, in a job that they're unhappy in, or just not feeling confident and good about themselves, but knowing that they, they want more and, and how can they get it. So that's, they, look, they look for various ways. And, and I happen to really love to be able to take people on that journey because I've done it myself. So you work with people in groups, you work with people uh, one-on-one. How does that happen? So my individual practice is I work by phone. And so I have clients all over the world that I speak to by phone. Mm-hmm. And then I also do groups as well, um, but mostly individuals by phone. And you work with men, women. I know, I believe you specialize in, in women. I do, but I also have some men as well because it's really, it's a universal thing. You know, it's not just women. Um, we all want to be happier, right? We all want to get out of our own way and be our best. Yeah. So tell us about your book, uh, The Real uh, the Recipe for Real Happiness. I love the title, and that's what we're calling the show today. Thank uh, you. We, yes. we, we want to really understand the recipe for real happiness. Tell us so, a little more about the book. So in my studies and what I found was that there really are these four main ingredients that if you're not feeling good, if you're not feeling your best, you're typically missing something here. So if you really have all of these together at different times of your life, you may need more of one, more of the other, like a recipe, mm-hmm. you know, different different amounts sometimes. But if you really think about what do I need now, which one of these, and you bring those practices into your life, you can't help but feel better. So the four ingredients, mm-hmm. the first one is love. And of course, beginning with love of self. And that's not easy because we are wired for negativity and we just go to that negative place very often. That's just our default. So learning to love ourselves and, and take care of ourselves and appreciate ourselves as we are and continually work to get better, better ourselves and then become more of who we are. 
um, is really the first loving self. And then of course, loving others. You know, we know that helping other people helps us, makes us feel good about ourselves. And so it's loving self, loving other. That's the first ingredient. And the second one is gratitude. Okay. Being grateful. Mm-hmm. And looking for the good in every day. You know, you, what you focus on is what you get, right? So if you're going through your day and you're like looking for things that are wrong, and we know people that do that, right? They're just always looking for what's wrong here. You know, how can I be right and find something wrong there versus, you know, what's good about this? What's good about this? And looking for the good in the day. Like when my kids were little, I remember I had them do a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they saw I did it as well. And it was really like looking for things and writing it down at night. And um, so it became almost so automatic that they would say, I know, mom, it's a gratitude moment. So it just becomes an automatic, you know, so that's right. the second ingredient. That's awesome. What's what's the third one? The third one is mindfulness. Okay. So that's really being present to the moment without judging, without trying to manipulate an outcome, but being accepting of the moment as it is. And for that, I have developed some tools and in the book, the book is really the four ingredients with practices for each. Mm -hmm. And so I have really ways to actually bring this into your life and practice it and make it a habit. So mindfulness third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And what's the fourth one? And the fourth one is learning. So when something doesn't go the way you want it to, or, you know, you're disappointed with an outcome rather than beat yourself up. It's really more about what can I learn from this? How can I use this information going forward in my life? So looking at it as everything as an opportunity to learn from, as opposed to something to beat yourself up about. Yeah. So these are pretty amazing ingredients uh, for the happiness formula. Can we dive deeper into each one of them? Because they, 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 they are pretty amazing. You talk about love and self-love. And I could tell you when I was growing up, uh, you know, and, uh, it was interesting that some believed and, and definitely in my circles and my family circles that you need to be recognized by others mm-hmm. uh, versus kind of recognizing yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and two most fundamental things people fear is not being loved enough, mm-hmm. not being enough in this world. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. How do you, what are some techniques for self-love? Because I do believe self-love is important. And if you have self-love, you'll treat others better. Absolutely. So I just had a client a few minutes ago, we just hung up. And, you know, what he was saying was that, you know what, I, I, I'm not motivated to do for myself. I'm motivated to do for others because I don't really feel deserving. And that's a very common thing for people. So, Really, it's kind of about, okay, you take a step back, and this is where mindfulness comes in. It's like just noticing. Notice when you go to that place of, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Uh, that fear, that doubt comes in. You know, And we actually spoke about it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the quote, but quotes, I think, are really special. And there are quotes in the book as well. And it's, um, courage is not the absence of fear. Yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with that quote. Yes. But the willingness to act in the face of it anyway, right? So that's courage. So, And we're so worried about being judged by others or being accepted and approved by others, as you mentioned. But when we're able to step back and see ourselves as full, whole, complete as we are and knowing our strengths and practicing that, watching what we say to ourselves, our self-talk is so important. So then we kind of take baby steps towards loving ourselves it's not going to happen overnight but it is a practice yeah and what about love for others can that be developed yes so you know it really does like you said you know you really have to value yourself in order to then value others if you in that way and so when you think enough of yourself and you practice that in your life And then you go out and you're able to appreciate the qualities in others that you notice. You're looking for the good. It becomes almost like that gratitude practice I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But it's also in people, noticing good qualities in other people and sharing it. I always say if you're thinking something nice, say it, share it. And the way it comes back to you, and it's not because you want it to come back to you, but it just does. 
it's an energy that, you know, when you go out in the world, like I just love to go out and I smile. I smile at people. And you'd be surprised, especially here in New York, you know, a lot of times people yes. are, oh. but then sometimes they just, and they smile back and it's so wonderful. And it's just that micro moment of connection with somebody. That's a beautiful thing. So that's one thing, but also just being kind, helping others, you know, you see someone with a baby stroller, open the door, or someone that needs to open the cab doors. This lady today was trying to get into a cab and she was struggling a little bit. I was only too happy to go over. I felt blessed that I could open the door and help her. Oh, she's like, my goodness, that was so nice. It was just a beautiful interaction. So it's really, those are little ways of kind of being, putting yourself out there and loving others, but you do see it. It just comes back and back and back. Right. So I, I love this. So let's give our listeners maybe some techniques uh, okay. about self-love because I could tell you I have friends and people that I know that that could use a little more self-love and probably myself included, right? Oh, uh, okay. So what are some of the techniques that folks out there, our listeners could say, hey, I realize maybe I'm not so kind to myself at all times. Mm-hmm. I need to develop that self-love a little more because if I'm more kind to myself, I'll be kinder to others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the techniques that, uh, that are practical? So awareness is the first step towards any kind of change. So one thing I tell um, clients often is to have like maybe a beaded bracelet or some kind of a hair tie or something on your wrist. And just notice when you say something negative to yourself, give it a little pluck, give a little snap on the wrist, a rubber band, it could be anything. Just like an awareness, whoa. Whoa, that wasn't nice. You know, and you just kind of become aware of it. And, you know, you can start to think to yourself, would you say that to a friend? Probably not. So why would you want to say that to yourself? Right? Another one, like I will often go through my day and I will talk to myself. And this is not like a crazy woo-woo thing, but I will just in my mind even be like, good job, Mel. You know, wow, you did that and you did that. And now you did this and you just go through and you're doing your day, but you're constantly like patting yourself on the back, you know, feeling good about yourself. I mean, I'll just turn to any page in love. Let's just say something here of love. So value what you do. I'm, I'm just picking a little something out of the book. Mm-hmm. Value what you do. So whatever it is that you do, whether you, are, you know, a waitress in a restaurant and you're serving people, right? You're serving them their meals. You are making a difference for that person. You're giving them food. If you're going to begrudge yourself and and belittle yourself for doing it, then find something that you're not going to belittle yourself for. Value whatever it is that you do. If you're a parent, you're home raising your children, right? Feel good about yourself for what you're doing. Just look at your value in any little thing that you do. Totally makes sense. Sometimes we get caught up in the moment and we forget what that is and how much difference we're making for our kids, for our families, for our coworkers. Absolutely. And that's why, that's why I, it's really a, a little bit of all of them. So, you know, mindfulness helps with self-love. When you're in the moment and you're present, that helps you love yourself. Gratitude helps with self-love. Learning for sure. You know, we all make mistakes, but when we say that they're really, it's okay, we can learn from it, that's helping yourself versus saying, I'm not good enough, you know, that that was a screw up, that was bad, I should never have done that, I shouldn't have said that. I was a big second guesser of myself. I would, believe me, for many years when I was younger, I had that voice playing over and over in my head, but I changed it. And that's the beauty is that, you know, we can create new neural pathways in our brain Mm -hmm. and change change our thoughts. So how long did it take you? Just, just actually very interesting that you, you changed yourself first and now you're teaching it to others. Yes. How long did it take you to change your neural pathways, as you put it very eloquently, so yes. that you become the new you, the new improved version of you, the way you want it to be? You know, I guess it was like I've, I've been a real learner and a seeker of this knowledge, right? So going back to school for positive psychology was certainly a big, a big learning for me. You know, I went back here. I was, I was with all these young people. I was older and I'm in there trying to soak up all this information and be able to get it out there. So it was writing papers, learning the information and starting to practice it. But even before that, I started, I remember wanting to learn to meditate and become more mindful when I was much younger, but it took me years to even 
begin to know what that was, right? So it's really been a journey. And then to say to you, how long did it take? I think we're always on a journey, but I will tell you, I, I rarely go to that beat myself up place ever. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I wish I could tell you how long it took. Thank you. No, it's a really, it's a great, it's like a great place to live. It's like you change your frequency. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, really answer the time. You know, it was, it's a journey. It's a practice and you're, you're get closer all the time and everybody, I guess is different. So it's a very interesting. A mentor of mine says that we all have an emotional home. Some people live in sadness. Some people live in anger. Some people live in gratitude. Some uh-huh. people live in happiness, right? But uh-huh. what's amazing is that we all have that ability to change your emotional home. Yes. And yes. that's practice. That's like, like going to the gym and you yes. work out. And y- if you look around the room, if you have uh, people around you or uh, if you walk on the street, you probably can tell who's working out and who's not. Right. And their workout body is not made by one day or two days, not even a a month. Well, that's I say it's like building those mental muscles and like anything else. Right. If you build your, you know, your arm muscles. Right. And you might not be able to lift something really heavy at the beginning. But the more you strengthen those muscles, then you can lift something heavier. It's the same thing with your mind. When you are training your brain in this way, you become more resilient so that when the difficult things come about, you're able to deal with them better. You're more resilient in that face of it. I I want to point out something to our listeners. What's amazing is that people say, well, you're a medical show, but happiness drives well-being of many of us. Mm -hmm. And if we master happiness, Mm -hmm. oh my God, your life changes Mm -hmm. and changes for the better. There was actually a Harvard study that I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Mm -hmm. that looked at happiness and concluded Mm-hmm. That happiness comes from relationships and the and relationships are massive driver for mm-hmm. happiness. Mm-hmm. So I love picking up these, these tips about happiness. That's mm-hmm. mindfulness, that's self-love, love for others, because that ultimately improves your health. Because if you learn how to navigate in the space of happy being as yourself, mm-hmm. you're doing mm-hmm. so much good to your body. Well, we know that the cascade of positive hormones that flow through us, okay, when we are feeling happy, right, are, are amazing. These positive emotions that we can learn to feel more and more make us feel better emotionally and physically. So there have been, obviously, I'm sure you know, studies and tests on the heart and all, you know, a lot of, a lot of studies that have been done on wellness, and physical well-being that are very connected to your mental state. I mean, absolutely, mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think being in, uh, in positive psychology mm-hmm. is as important as uh, eating the right foods. Is as important as uh, going to the gym mm-hmm. and taking care of your body. And for some reason, I, I don't know why that is, but I think our society has uh, not given enough attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we are not taught in school about positive psychology, mm-hmm. that it's not part of uh, your upbringing as far as uh, kids in our society. Absolutely. And if we, we get a chance to move this needle mm-hmm. and, uh, as far as awareness, as far as people being fully engaged and owning their positive psychology and owning their mental health and mm-hmm. owning their mm-hmm. self-love, love for others, we could do so much good for the world as far as their health. Absolutely. And I think that the, the, the problem is that people don't know. They think I am who I am. This is what it is. This is what I know. This is the way I was brought up. This is the way I'm going to bring my kids up, you know, and it just keeps, it keeps repeating itself, you know, until people realize that they have a choice, Yeah. you know, that they can have that power over their emotions, but it takes work. It does take work. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so you talked about gratitude, and I completely agree with you. Um, I heard many times that gratitude does not cannot live in a space of anxiety, in a space of anger. So if you are upset, angry, disappointed, whatever it is, replace that with gratitude. And the, the, the negative emotions just fade away because that's the way we're designed. Because you, you can't be miserable and grateful at the same time. It's just not possible physiologically how, how we're created. Right. And, you know, if you're feeling down, sad, upset, angry, stop and think about, I say this to people all the time, stop and think about 
What are you thinking about right now? You're probably thinking about something that's not going right, something that you don't have, right? Versus what you do have and what is working. If you shift your mindset to look at what's going right, like I'll often say, stop and say to yourself, what's going right, right now? Now, sometimes people are really in such a funk that it's like, you know what? Nothing. I am miserable. I am really upset. I'm really unhappy. This, 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 this. And, and I just can't find anything. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Keep going. Let's, let's, let's explore this a little more. They're breathing. They're alive, right? You can always, you know, come back to your, your body's functioning in whatever capacity it may be. So there's always something in the moment to look for that you can be grateful about. And then of course, it's like the little things, even like, you know, I say to people, it could be, you know, a delicious strawberry. It could be getting on the subway and realizing you have that one last ride and you get right on and you're on the train, you know, whatever that may be. It's just little things or big things. It could be anything. It's just a mindset that you're, you're shifting. I love it. Let's talk about the gratitude journal. I love practical tips. Tell us how to keep one. What do you suggest we put in a gratitude journal? So I love to write. I'm an I'm a, I'm a actual physical pen to, to paper person. Some people are really, you know, the younger people with the phones in the notes. And I say, however you want to do it, just do it. But go beginning, you know, your day looking for things that you're going to put in your gratitude journal at night. So three things, and there have been studies on this that you find during the day that you write down at night, it kind of preps you for a positive sleep and you write down three things from the day that you're grateful for. And you begin to look for things. Oh, that's one. Oh, that's one that, you know, and you begin to put the things in your journal at night. Oh no, this is better than that. This is better than that. And then after a while, it just becomes automatic. You become grateful for everything and anything. Very cool. And you've done it with your kids, you mentioned. Oh, I've done it with my kids. I mean, that's just, yeah, everybody. It's, it's, and, and the other thing is that, which we haven't spoken about, is that happiness actually, as you know, spreads, right? So it's not just you and not just your children. They say that like your neighbors, like you, your, your positive energy spreads like six people out from you. Hmm. How amazing is that? Yeah. And, and let's, let's discuss that because I definitely, we all know those people that when you come around them, it's you're absorbing that positive. positive. We also know the other, right? <laughs> yes. The person that like just saps you. It's like you can feel it physically, right? And you can feel the positive energy as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's also about surrounding yourself. And that's also one of the tools in the book is surround yourself with people that make you feel good. Not people that belittle you or put you down. We haven't, there's been enough of that. There is enough of that around, right? So yes. surround yourself with people that have your back, that you're more you, you're comfortable. You want to be thoughtful about that. Absolutely. So how do you become one of those people that spreads the positivity six layers down, as you mentioned, right? You practice these four ingredients. <laughs> practice, practice. Back to the basics. Practice. I mean, it really is. If you think about it, they're, they're very basic. I was going to put in the book, of course, eat well, exercise, sleep. I mean, those are with, they're givens, right? But I didn't because yeah. they really are kind of givens. So these are more the four, you know, for main. But of course, exercise is really important. That's one of the first things. Like when I have clients sometimes that come to me that are depressed. And that's the other thing is I'm not a therapist. And I say, you know what, I'm a coach. I'm more about action and going forward more than digging into your past and why I don't do that. So it's more about what it is, what is it you want and how do we get there? So of course, exercise, if, if I have a client that comes to me that's not exercising, that will be one of the first things. So exercise, sleeping, um, of course, is so important and eating well for sure. So I went off topic and you were saying the four, but these four are the basics really. That's awesome. That's awesome. So mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, very, very important. Let's talk about that. Is that about meditation or there are some additional techniques that you can recommend? So it's a great question. So mindfulness is really a way of being. And meditation is more like a, a tool to kind of help you become more mindful. There is also a mindfulness meditation practice. But living mindfully is really about not dwelling in the past, 
which we do, or worrying about the future, mm-hmm. which we do. It's really about being here now, wherever you are in that moment and not judging it. So I developed this practice called BBS, breath, body, sound, mm-hmm. which is a very in the moment way. It's called in the moment in under a minute. I did a um, TEDx talk on it. And because I thought, I remember when I was applying to do the TEDx talk, um, it was for a group of high school or high school students. And it was like, what can I give these kids that will give them the biggest bang for their buck in seven minutes? Cause that's what I had. And it was developing this breath, body sound. So it's an automatic connection to yourself in the moment. BBS. So back to mindfulness. So mindfulness is really being in the present moment without judgment and meditation is a, a tool to kind of live a more mindful life. That's excellent. Wow, we're having a great discussion. I'm loving it. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Haldi Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I'm here with an amazing guest. Melissa Garson is a certified life coach, author, and a speaker. To learn more about Melissa, please visit her website at melissagarson.com. So before the break, we had a fascinating discussion about your new book, the four elements of the book, love, gratitude, mindfulness, and learning. And we dive deep into some of the elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about gratitude journal, and uh, you even talked about keeping grat- gratitude journal for your kids, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll discuss this with my wife tonight. <laughs> for our kids. So let's talk about... Um, BBS method. You touched on that. Mm-hmm. Breathing, body, and? It's called breath, body, sound. Excellent. And it's really a way of just coming back to yourself, coming back to center, grounding yourself in the moment, wherever you are. So it could be a formal practice that you're just sitting still in silence and you do breath, body, sound, or it could be your in the middle of an airport or the train station, or you could even do a driving. Of course, you won't close your eyes, but there are ways to just come back to center. And that's what BBS is. It's a method of that. We could do it now if you would like to Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let the, I'm all about giving value and some practical tips to our listeners. Let's do it. I love that. Thank you for doing that too. I love that. So, okay. So we're going to do breath, body sounds. So wherever your listeners are, wherever you are, of course, if you're driving, your eyes are not closed. And if you are seated someplace, just sit comfortably, feet on the floor or however you are, just get yourself in a comfortable position. And if you can, close your eyes. And if not, you can just gaze out a few feet in front of you and look down on the ground about four feet out or close your eyes and just feel your breath going in and out of your body just as it is. And notice it. Notice the quality of your breath. Don't try to change it. and Don't do anything with it. Just notice it as it is. And now your body. Notice whatever you may be feeling in your body right now. Notice where your shoulders are. Notice how your belly feels, if it's 
full, hungry, there's pain, just notice whatever you're feeling. No, no comments, no stories, just notice what you're feeling. Notice where your butt meets the chair, your feet meet the floor. Just notice your body right now. The temperature on your skin. And now sounds. Notice whatever sounds you may be hearing. My voice. Maybe you hear sounds outside of yourself. Air conditioner, heating, whatever. People. And now rest in awareness of all three. Your breath, just as it is. Your body, what you're feeling. And the sounds that you're hearing. And slowly lift your eyelids and slowly come back into the room. What did you notice? Yeah, very cool. It's actually very relaxing. Very relaxing. Very relaxing. You just slow down and observe yourself. And when you observe your body parts, mm-hmm. how you relate to them, that mm-hmm. brings you into the now. Into the now. And did you notice anything about my language in particular? Like when I was saying, notice your breath as it is, your body. Yeah. Your yeah. language was very soft and uh, I think kind to yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, there's no judgment. So it's like, notice your breath, whether it's fast or slow. It is what it is. Don't change it. Your body. Notice if you're hungry, if you're full. No stories, you know. No judgments. No, I have a pain in my shoulder because I played tennis yesterday. I shouldn't have or whatever. Just notice what you're feeling. And the same with sounds. You're noticing what you're hearing in the moment. So whether it's a beautiful song or a bird or a siren, it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of breath, body, sound is you begin to notice things as they are without judgment. Because we're so busy making stories and making up, oh, this happened because of that. And, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Or, oh, they did this. They should. And the truth of the matter is, when we're just noticing as it is, it's freedom. Peace. We don't need to manipulate anything. It is what it is. Now, if, we, if the siren's annoying and we choose to move out of the space, then we choose to move out of the space. But we're not fighting it. We're not fighting against anything. So breath, body, sound is a really great tool you have in your pocket. You can do it anywhere. If you have an interview and you're nervous before the interview, just come back to center. Breath, body, sound. That's excellent. Any specific pattern for breathing that you recommend? Well, that's a whole other thing. So this was just an awareness of breath, body, sound as it is. Yeah. I'm also a big believer in deep breaths. Like you can take, I, there is a whole other meditation that I teach often, which is, you know, to wake up the parasympathetic nervous system to really do deep breathing in through the nose. Mm-hmm. You can actually put your hand on your chest and your hand on your belly and breathe in through your nose and your, and your belly rises, not your chest. Mm-hmm. Hold it. One, three, and out through your mouth as if you're breathing through a straw. Let's do it two more times. In through through your nose. Belly rise. Hold it. One, two, three. Out through your mouth like a straw. Once more. In through your nose. Hold it. One, two, three. Out through your mouth like a straw. Very cool. I like holding the hands to to your chest and to your belly because it gives you comfort connection with your body yes it's comfort and also you want to breathe not from your chest so those are the short shallow breaths but deep into your belly because that is what wakes up this and that's i call that like your own personal medicine chest yes (laughs) that's very good if you're listening to this please try it at home but be careful don't do it while you're driving (laughs) breathing is okay but make sure you don't close your eyes exactly (laughs) So uh, learning, you mentioned this is one of the elements mm-hmm. of happiness. And I agree with you. We all make mistakes mm-hmm. and we have snafus in life. Mm-hmm. And instead of being depressed about it, instead of being uh, down about it, we need to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give us some practical examples. How can one navigate out of the sadness that comes from a mistake? Mm-hmm. 
So the first thing is like you notice when you don't feel good. You notice when you feel sad or angry or whatever emotion, a negative emotion that you're feeling, right? Notice that you're feeling that emotion like, gee, and label it. I'm angry right now. Yep. I am pissed. I'm angry. And then you can stop and say to yourself, you know, well, what am I thinking about that's making me angry? Oh, I'm angry that I did I did three of the four things I was supposed to get done today, but I didn't get done that last thing. And now I'm like just so pissed because everyone was bothering me at work and I couldn't get it all done. And, da, da, da. and just, you notice yourself starting with the story, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say you catch yourself. So first you notice what you're feeling. We know when we're not feeling good. We know when we're sad mm-hmm. or angry or jealous or whatever negative emotion we might be feeling. Notice what you're feeling. Notice what you're thinking, and then you can dispute it. It's a little cognitive behavioral therapy in a nutshell right there. It's like, Mm -hmm. what was I thinking that made me feel this way? Is it true? Is there anything I can do about it? If not, let's learn from it and and move on. Not hold on to it. Right. So you actually think it's important to label the emotion, not dismiss it right away. Absolutely. And feel it. Don't push feelings away. Don't push anything under the rug. And I'm really big about communication. Honest communication in the moment, unless, of course, you are feeling too angry or too whatever negative to, to actually speak in that moment. Wait until you're of a clearer mind mm-hmm. and then discuss it. All your relationships change when you're honest with yourself and with others. Interesting. By labeling, you're actually honest with yourself because you're calling yes. it what it is. Yes. And you're not fighting it. Again, you're not fighting it. You're accepting it. But that, that gives you the opportunity to choose how do you want to respond. You're not an automatic. That's actually really, really good because if you don't label it, you're sort of an automatic and you're auto-propelling yourself in that that negative state. And one of the things that uh, my wife and I, we actually made a decision not to make decisions if you're not in a beautiful state. Because if you really worked up uh, or sad or whatever it is, the decisions that come out of that state are not going to be good decisions. What a wonderful idea. That's great. And it's true. Yeah. So I love the fact, label the emotion, acknowledge it, be honest with yourself, and then let it go. So I, I have like a little acronym for that. Ex- acknowledge, mm-hmm. accept, and act. The three A's. It's in my book too. Awesome. <laughs> so let's that talk about sense. your book. It makes sense. <laughs> what... What made you write the book? What motivated you to start writing this particular book about happiness? So this book has had many, many different lives. It started as more of stories about clients and, you know, and then I was like, you know what? No, people want, I know I always, when I was reading, you know, self-help books years ago and books that will make me feel better and learn, I want to just tell me what to do. Do you remember the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff? Mm -hmm. I loved that book. I loved it because it was really like uh, practices, you know, here's this and this is what you do. Here's this and this is what you do. So I took this book and I really divided it into the four sections. And so there's 10 practices under each with a really great quote. I must say that was so much fun. quotes, And it's just, it's like a really easy, easy book with some very thoughtful practices that are really proven and scientifically proven techniques. Right. So what made me write it is I lived it. Like I said, I learned it and I only want to share it. That's pretty cool. So where can people get your book? So it's on Amazon. (laughs) The recipe for real happiness. And it's on Amazon. Well, congratulations on your book. And uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out this book on Amazon, probably major retailers as well. Uh, Definitely based on our discussion and uh, what, what I know about the book is a lot of wisdom there and could change your life for the better. So definitely, Thank definitely check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. So why are people so hard on themselves? And I would say um, most people are, but especially in, in my circles, my female friends, my female relatives mm-hmm, tend mm-hmm. to be harder on themselves than guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are, we are wired as human beings for negativity right? So that we could survive as a species to outrun that wild beast, right? To just to live, to survive. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, because we're wired like that, our brains, and I'm sure you know, we just go to that as our default. 
So, and the more you do something, the more you make a habit of it, whether it's a positive habit or a negative habit. So, you know, you see these people that are driving and someone cuts them off and they just like let loose, right? That person has a short fuse, right? They're going to, and they just continually do that, but they're, they're wired that way. We're wired for negativity. We're, you know, we're born and we're like these perfect little babies born and then life happens, you know, our parents, our teachers, our friends, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the whatever. And we just feel like, covered up and we're just so hard on ourselves and other people are hard on us. And it's just, it's just the way it goes. We really have to fight against that in the sense of filling our bucket with positivity. I like to say like our mind, think of your mind as a bucket. Mm -hmm. And if you have a bucket and you've got like dirt and schmutz in there, right? If you fill water, like clear, beautiful, clean water in that bucket, what's going to happen? If it's, it's clean water, it's going to stay clean, probably, it's, right? It's going to, right? It's going to get rid of the schmutz and the, it's going to eventually run clear. Yeah. So when you have this bucket of whatever you have, this negativity, and you fill it with positive emotions, it will shift, get rid of the negativity. But it is just a natural way of being. And we shouldn't beat ourselves up about it. But that's where the just noticing comes in. And, and embrace and love ourselves. Whatever we are, whatever we look like, whatever we, you know... We can't do anything until we accept. We have to accept ourselves and realize that it's not our fault and go forward. Yeah, very true. It's interesting that I believe you do most of your work with women. Is that correct? I do. Uh, although you work with men as well. And why do you think you see this more in women, that women are harder on themselves than men? It's because there are so many obligations. Because I, I think and- that we just feel like we are the caretakers. It's our job. You know, we have to do everything. We have to be everything to everyone, you know, yeah. and, and we have to be perfect. We have to do it and do it great. You know, there's no room for, that's a lot of my clients. I have clients that come because it's like they're, they're, they're paralyzed because they're afraid that they will make a mistake. And as we said, there are no mistakes, really. Even a mistake can be learned from. So, you know, we women just think we have to do everything and do it perfectly. And it really puts us at a great disadvantage. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. You, you have a, a salt shaker technique and, mm-hmm. and something relating to social media that I know you, 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 you discuss. Can you tell us a little more? I do. So, you know, social media can be great because look, you found me. So that's a wonderful thing. And you can learn a lot from it. We're very blessed, mm-hmm. but it can also really hurt our, hurt our psyches. You know, you can look at Facebook or Instagram and people will post their perfect lives, you know, and everything looks so great. And then you're saying to yourself, Oh, look, they're going here. They're going there. She's got the perfect relationship or they're so, so, you know, um, well-known here, or they're speaking or doing blah, blah, blah. But the truth of the matter is I say, take your grain of, take your salt shaker and put a little salt on everything, everything you look at, because, it's really not necessarily so. It's not just what you see. So take it with a grain of salt is what I say. Makes sense. There are actually studies out there that show that, show that if you spend a significant amount of time on social media, you're more likely to be depressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even want to get into the whole thing, but you see a lot of the, the suicides that we see among among young people or among people when they're it's just... It's really, it's, it's, it's a, it can be a horrible thing. Social media can be a great thing or a horrible thing. So we really need to arm ourselves to be mentally strong, right? And to also look at it and know that not everything is what you say. It's not what you say. Yeah. Makes sense. So you work with a lot of clients. You mentioned that you work with folks over the phone and from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, amazing. So give us an example of uh, maybe someone, of course, anonymously, how you help them, uh, the way they came to you and what they're experiencing now and how their life has transformed. So I had a client that came to me that, like I mentioned before, was really kind of paralyzed and, and she was living at home and she was depressed and she was like a 32, 32 years old, living at home and depressed and in therapy as well and wanted to work with me in addition. And Slowly, but slowly, we started by, she was like living on, under a pile of clothes. I mean, it was a, there was a lot of depression, a lot of, you know, manic negative behaviors going on. And we slowly started to 
help her build her confidence and see what is good about her and what she can do. We went back in terms of, you know, things that there's something called appreciative inquiry. Are you familiar with that? Appreciative inquiry? Please tell tell me more. So it's really about asking like, what's right about me, you know, as opposed to what's wrong with me, what's right about me? What are my strengths? What am I good at? And we really delved into that and worked on ways that she can share and be her best self. What are her strengths? She didn't even know she had strengths. She said, I, you know, I'm not good at anything. I don't, she really didn't value herself. So slowly but surely, we worked on what she does have. And she practiced it in her life. And she wound up getting a great job. She wound up finding a great relationship. And we keep in touch. And she's, you know, it was a process. But she was really someone that came that had no confidence, living at home, and thought valued herself very little. So with working together and finding ways that she can be herself and comfortable in the world. She's created a really great life for herself. That's pretty amazing. I love this appreciative inquiry. Can you tell us more in practical terms? How can someone listening to you pick this up and do it on themselves? So they're doubting themselves. So there's not enough confidence. Tell us how to make this work. So here's a great exercise that I have people do is like, think about a time in your life when you were you at your best. You can even do it with you, Dr. Holly. When were you, one, a situation when you felt that you were you at your best. It's a specific situation mm-hmm. that you were in where you felt like you were your best, like a, a, a time, an experience that you had. You know, it could have been years ago. It could have been last week. It could have been whatever. I mean, just a, yeah. a So let's say I love giving presentations. I was my best when I gave a presentation. So funny, because that was mine too. I mean, <laughs> whatever. But if you said to me, when were you? It was one time when I went to this this uh, uh, a population of women who were just gotten out of prison. And I walk in and I could tell they were looking at me like, you know, who is this and what's she going to teach me? Right. But we had such a wonderful, you know, workshop. And by the end, everyone was hugging and it was great. And they learned a lot. And I felt like, wow. So. Yeah. I go back to that sometimes and I'll think about that and I'll say like, wow, that really was me being me at my best. So yeah. for you in your presentation, like it's that kind of thing. So appreciative inquiry is looking, is really inquiring in an appreciative way. What's right? What's a time when you felt you at your best? How did you feel? What were you doing? Who were you with? And really kind of just being you at your best as much as possible. And not always. We're human, right? Like yes. you said, you have energy, more energy some days than others, and that's okay too. Yeah. One thing that works for me is uh, what you discussed earlier is being honest with myself about um, whether I did have, let's say, less energy or more energy. And most people probably don't ever notice. But instead of beating yourself up, just being honest, say, hey, uh, I noticed something, but that overall I was pretty good. So yes. I'll do better next time. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. You got the learning in there. Right. You got the you notice you're mindful, you're grateful and and you love yourself. I mean, it's all the the four. That's excellent. So what's interesting is uh, I believe in coaching and I believe that uh, everyone pretty much should have coaches. It's kind of interesting. When I was in my late 20s, I was working for a large pharmaceutical company and my boss uh, approached me and said, look, we're going to give you a coach. And my first reaction to that was, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> and then he said, like, No, you knucklehead, you're high potential. The CEO of the company has a coach. You will have a coach as well. Right. How wonderful. Right. So I, I want to say kudos to you and recognize you here on air that I do believe in, in, in working with coaches and uh, it's very, very beneficial to many people. And yeah. it made a tremendous difference in my life and mm-hmm. the lives of many people that I know and I love. Uh, how often do how long do you work with your clients? Is it for a period of time and then you stop or? So everybody's a little bit different. I say to people to kind of think about working for typically three months. It could be two months. It could be one month. Sometimes I've worked with people for six months, a year. I mean, it just depends. Everybody, everybody's different. And my goal is really to help them become their own coach. You know, I don't try to have anybody become dependent on me for anything. I really want to teach people the tools to help themselves. Right. And how often do people work with you? Is it once a week, once a month? Once a week. Okay. Once a week with consistency. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. So you have uh, something on your social media called Motivational Mondays. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little more about that. I love it. I mean, I think today was my 191st Motivational Monday. I have never missed a Monday 
in three and a half years, whether no matter what's gone on in my life. And it's really something that I'm inspired by during the week. So it's not like I stockpile them. And there's something that I want to share that I'm inspired by or something that I think can help people. And I love it. And I get really fabulous response. I mean, from all ages, you know, really seem to enjoy it. And I love doing them. So it's, it's every Monday at my website. I, um, and I have an email list that I send to as well. So if you're not on it and you want to be on it, you can sign up at, on my website for Motivational Mondays. Yeah. That, that, that's really cool. So we're having a great discussion. Our show is coming to an end. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity to give our listeners maybe two or three techniques that you say an absolute must that you want everyone to try out there and maybe give us a message, a farewell message as we conclude the show. Oh, okay. So two to three techniques. So one is BBS is amazing. Practice BBS. And you can see I did a TEDx talk on it and it's on my website for BBS. Um, another technique is to really just become aware of the negative self-talk that you have. Don't beat yourself up. Just notice when you're saying something negative to yourself. And then after a while, you can choose to say something else and become your own best friend, mm-hmm. your own enemy. Um, and concluding thoughts are just that we have one life that we know about and Embrace it, enjoy it, soak it up, become your best, and share share you because the world needs you. Here we go. So amazing, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank uh, you. An amazing, inspirational discussion. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It, it's my pleasure to learn more about Melissa. Please visit her website at melissagarson.com to learn more about Healthy Pharmaceutical. Sign up for a consultation. Give us a call at 646-650-5040. This makes it a show, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to live a happier, healthier, and a more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner or coach. Uh, but it's your life. You lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until, until next time, be happy and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.